0: amazing the difference one light can make in a darkened room right but of course it does depend upon the type of light that you're using i, I can see people in the balcony hopefully it won't blind you from here but you know the light makes a difference because if i were to use a flashlight yes that, that's one kind of light but what if i just had a, a tea light can you imagine trying to use that as your way to light your path good luck finding your way that'd be kind of ridiculous right flashlights are used, torches are used. You ever heard the flashlight referred to as a torch? Okay, so we know that phrase. Flashlights are best used as that torch to help you light your path. Well, today's scripture passage we're going to get into this morning is John 8, 12, where Jesus talks about being the light of the world. So I'm going to invite you to walk with me into that passage today. So if you have your Bibles this morning... And I hope you do, and I hope you can find them. I'm going to invite you to find John 8, 12, and I'm going to invite you to stand for the reading of God's Word. Don't bump into people. Now, is anybody having a hard time reading their Bible? Not those with phones. You can see them all lit up on people's faces. (laughs) That's great. But if you don't have that light, it's pretty hard to read, Right? Okay, well, good news is I gave out some tea lights this morning. So if you have a tea light, light that up around the room. Help your neighbor read their Bible this morning. Now, how many people can you feasibly help with that tea light? One at best, right? Okay, well, I did give out a flashlight. Let's light that flashlight up. See how many of that people. Yeah, there we go. We got that. Might help half a dozen if he kind of gets around the word. Is there anybody still in darkness? Say, I'm in the darkness. Yeah, we've got a lot. All right, so let's go ahead and raise up the house lights a little bit so we can all read the word this morning. The kind of light we use matters, right? And if all you are is a tea light, you're not going to be helping and illuminating the world in the way that you should for the gospel. So we're going to look at John 8:12 this morning, short passage, going to preach from one verse, but it's packed with goodness says, And Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. are the very words of God, you may be seated this morning. Well, this morning we're concluding our series on the I am statements of Jesus with this message that I am missional. But the question is, torch... Or tea light. We must engage the world with his story. We, we know this. We must bring the presence of Jesus to the people around us. We talked about that last week. We must bring his light to the world. We've covered six of the I am statements. And this week we conclude with Jesus as the light of the world. This is the last one. And as we examine this verse, here's what we're going to find. Living as a torch is better than living as a tea light. And I want to share that in two ways. The first is this. Living as a torch is better than living as a tea light because Jesus is a torch. And we want to be like him. You know, the context of this passage is is very important. It always is. It's important to understand where Jesus is when he's sharing this discourse that he gets into. The setting is Jesus at the Feast of Tabernacles. His comment about being the light of the world is giving reference to the joyous celebration each night in the lighting of the lamps. So we've got a picture of first century temple. You can see these candlesticks. Can you see those four huge menorah in that courtyard? That's a courtyard of the women. And I'm going to talk about that so you can look at that image as I read. There's an ancient historian who describes this feast. Here's what he shares. Towards the end of the first day of the Feast of Tabernacles... People went down into the court of the women, so you can see went down because they went down the staircase into that place, and they were precautions were taken to separate the men from the women always. If you go to Jerusalem today, you go to the Western Wall, there's a side for the women and there's a side for the men. They take those precautions. Golden lamps were there, and four golden bowls were on each of them and four ladders were by uh, each. Four young men from the priestly group of youths had jugs of oil in their hands, and they poured oil from them into individual bowls. Wicks were made from the discarded trousers of the priests and from their girdles. Hey, how many know pants are a huge wick, right? Those are huge lamps. Can you imagine taking your pants and putting that to the lamp for a wick? Okay, we usually use a string, so they use the priest's pants. That's incredible. All right. Historian continues, there was no court in Jerusalem that was not bright from the light of the place. It talked about, you know, because there were no city street lights, that that because at night when it would get so dark, these lamps were so bright, it lit up a huge part of Jerusalem. What you look at in this temple so you understand kind of the difference between them is on the, you know, you have the the inner temple. You've got the, the court of the women. So all of the Jews could go in this place. Out here is the court of the Gentiles. But you can see how those candelabra are up over the top. So they lit up the entire area. So they lit up every court. And you'll understand why this is important in a minute. Men of piety, known for their good works, danced before the crowd with torches in their hands and sang before them with songs and praises. And the Levites stood with zithers and harps and cymbals and trumpets and other musical instruments without number on the 15 steps, which led down from the court of the Israelites and into the court of the women, and which corresponded to the 15 songs of the steps in Psalms. So you can see there's 15 steps there. So as they talk about the Psalms of Ascent, this is partly where they were used. Okay, So this is what they're describing. From other references to this procedure, it's clear that this took place each night of the festival, that dancing and singing lasted all night till dawn, and it was the endeavor of the pious not to sleep any night of the festival. Talk about a celebration. This is what's going on here at this time. This is the context of where Jesus is sharing and talking about this discourse as him is the light of the world. So as we look at this, the celebration in the light of the lamps was associated. So that what they were celebrating is this. They were celebrating their exodus. So they were slaves in Egypt. They were led out of the wilderness. So they were celebrating that. But also the hope for a second exodus. Because although they were in Israel, they were still living as an oppressed nation. In the wilderness wanderings, the presence of the Lord with his people was manifested in the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night which saved them from danger and guided them through the wilderness to the promised land. So that's part of what they're celebrating here. They're celebrating that God brought them out of the wilderness, did that by this cloud and this pillar of fire. So that's part of what they're celebrating. The festival is linked with the Old Testament faith in the Lord as the light of his people. Reading from Psalm 27.1, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? God as light, when you look at the context for the Jew, this was Yahweh in action. When you think about God as light, it was God manifesting himself. He was doing something for the people. So in this context, Jesus claims, I am the light of the world. The menorah will be extinguished after the feast, but his light will remain. Some commentators, commentators, when you read through it, they even think Jesus made this statement at the end of the festival once the candelabra had been extinguished. So the light was out, but now Jesus proclaims in the absence of lights, that He is the light. And obviously this would have stood out to everyone there. Jesus is the light. To have the light is to have Jesus. There is no light apart from a right relationship with him. To be a torch. You must have Jesus. Think about he's saying, I am the light. He's referring to something that lit up all of Jerusalem. That's the kind of brightness he's saying that he is. But not only for Jerusalem, but the entire world. That light spilled over into the court of the Gentiles. It was meant to be a light for everyone. Now to have his presence, let me quiz you. What do you think you must do? Please get this right. Oh, somebody said it. Hey, abide. You surprised by that? I hope not. We know that to spend time in his presence is to have his light. To carry his light, we have to have him with us. And to have him with us, we've got to spend time with him. Why be a tea light when you can be a torch? Be Jesus. Be a torch. Living as a torch is better than a tea light because torches light paths. There is no way I'm walking through a forest with that tea light in my hand. I'm taking a flashlight. Within the context of this festival celebration, a celebration that looked back to the pillar of fire leading Israel out of the wilderness, it's important that Jesus says, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The people followed the light as it led them from the land of slavery through the perilous wilderness to the promised land. The people understood the context of following light. This is the terminology Jesus uses with the disciples. Come, follow me. This is what he's referring to here. Follow me, I will keep you from unnecessary danger and lead you well through life. Following Jesus, the light of the world, gives every believer assurance of avoiding the perils and snares of the darkness and the promise of possessing the light of life. What a promise. But only those who follow Jesus are delivered from darkness and enjoy the light. Otherwise, the whole world is in darkness. Much like this room when I came out with that flashlight. A room filled with darkness. Knowing the world lives in darkness, we must do everything we can to light it up. Tea lights won't suffice. The world needs torches. Torches that light up the world like our house lights lit up this room. We needed more light so that no one was living in darkness. People igniting passion for Jesus. I think I've heard that somewhere before. The phrase Jesus uses, whoever follows me, notice it's in the present tense. It implies following Jesus continually. Jesus is speaking of wholehearted discipleship, not casual adherence. And I would liken wholehearted discipleship to torches and casual adherence to tea lights. In other words, Jesus is talking about being a torch, not a tea light. The light of the world, Jesus does not only give a fleeting glimpse of light, he gives the light of life. So it's not a light that passes, it's a light that illuminates everything in your life. Are you serving as a torchbearer in the world? If not, begin today. As you leave from this place, smile and genuinely ask somebody how they're doing. It's amazing the difference you can make in someone's life that way. Engage your waiter or waitress at lunch. Be a light there. Sign up on Main Street as you go so that you can be a torch on Saturday for the greater Lafayette area. Will you live for Jesus as a torch or as a tea light? I challenge you, live in the light and be a light to the world.
1: In the beginning, darkness covered the earth. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. The true light, which gives light to everyone, came into the world. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness cannot overcome it. It is a light for the lost. The searching and the seeking. A light for the darkest valley. A light to drive out fear, even in the shadow of death. When we believe in the light, we become children of the light. It shines in us, through us. If we walk in the light, if we let it shine before others, we become a city on a hill the light of the world. When we let his word light our path, others will follow. We become a beacon of hope to a world in darkness. Our lives reflect the glory of his resurrection. He makes us a light for the nations, so his salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Let there be light, for at one time you were darkness, But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light.
0: Don't you want to be that city on a hill? What a mandate for the church. While we were in Jerusalem living there, we went and visited one of the cities around Galilee. You know, Jesus was always using word pictures. When he talks about the lilies of the field, the birds of the air, he's referring to tangible things. When he talks about the city on a hill... They did have cities on the ridgetops in Galilee that would be a city on a hill. They would have a torch that was lit there, and people would know where they were at, especially as they were out on the Galilee. So we visited one of those cities where they had a torch, where they would light that, and that served as a city on a hill. And that's what the church is called for. It's meant to be that beacon of light to lead people to who Jesus is as the light. May we be that city on a hill. I love that phrase in this video, let there be light. I've never really considered it a priestly blessing, but in the context they share in this video, it really is that as you go from this place, that you would be in the light and that you would be a light to the world. Let there be light. To engage the world, we must be Jesus. We must be light. You know, John, he uses this theme right at the beginning of his book, and it's in John, and I'm going to read the first five verses. John shares, in the beginning, the word already existed. The darkness in the world, even though we live in a dark world, can never extinguish the light of Jesus. We may live in a dark world, but you can live in the confidence that you as a torchbearer have the ability to dispel that darkness. Let there be light in your home. Let there be light in your neighborhood. Let there be light in your workplace. Let there be light May we see that throughout the entire greater Lafayette area and around the world as we kick off a missions conference in ways that this church is a light all the way around the world. You know, if you're here today, I want to invite you to experience the light of life that only Jesus can promise. Maybe you've been walking down a path that's a dark path, but you understand that you're at a place where you should be walking the path that he's lighting up, a path that only he can lead you on. I'm going to invite us to, to stand this morning because I want to invite a space where someone can invite Jesus into their life, and I want us all to be a part of that this morning. So with every head bowed here today, I just want to invite you, if, if you're here today and you are, understand you're in a place where you have not been living for Jesus, you have not been living in the light, but you would just say today, I want to live in the light, I want to experience the light of life, I just would invite you to raise your hand so that we might pray with you, get you a Bible, and give you information on what it means to journey with Jesus for a lifetime. Anyone here today that would say, I need the light of Jesus in my life? Anybody up in the balcony? Thank you. I see the hand in the back here. Anybody else wants to experience the light of Jesus today? Let's just pray together. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that you gave us your Son as a light to the world. What a gift that you gave. But Lord, we do know we have to receive that gift. We have to choose it. And so, Lord, we just thank you that today someone made that decision to say, I choose you, Jesus, as that gift, as the light of my life. Holy Spirit, we just pray that you would impart upon this person and everyone in this room that you desire to be the light of life for each and every one of us, illuminating every area of our life. And so, Lord, I do pray that if there are those that are living as tea lights, Lord, that you would set them on fire as torches for you. Holy Spirit, we just pray that you would illuminate areas in each and every one of our lives that are not in alignment with your will, that we might live as brighter beacons of light for you as, as a city on a hill. Holy Spirit, we just pray that your presence would continue to be made manifest in this place as decisions are made for you, and that people fully devote their lives to you wholehearted discipleship, Lord, not just casual adherence. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite you to be seated this morning. One of the things we'd like to do as we've talked about our missions conference is to highlight different ministries, and one of those is the Gideons. And I will say before I transition into that, For the person that made the decision to follow Jesus, Jennifer, if you don't mind to stand for a minute, this is Pastor Jennifer. Please come and meet with her at the end of the service, and she'd get you a Bible and information on ways that we want to come alongside you. We don't believe in people making decisions for Christ and that that's it. We have people that would say, I want to walk with you in this and answer questions you have, so I want you to find that this morning. But I want to focus just a moment on the Gideons. They do a wonderful job of bringing the light of the gospel to the world. I think most of us are aware of that. It's rare that uh, we haven't visited a hotel room and there's not a Gideon Bible there. Uh, they really go out into lots of places. And so I asked Porter Paris if he would come in uh, this past week and, and he shared uh, how Gideons are impacting the world. We have a number of Gideons active in our, in our body. And so we're just going to highlight the Gideons this morning. And I'll tell you ahead of time, we are going to take up an offering for them as well. So you can be thinking that way and be preparing a gift so that we can bless the Gideon ministry as they continue into the world. Good morning.
2: I'm Porter Paris. I'm a member of Connection Point Church. Also, uh, the West Lafayette Gideon. The church lets the Gideons come in and do a report on once a year. And I'm doing that this morning and thank the church very much. We're a little different camp than most churches or anyone have. We have more members in the Gideons in this church than anyone in, in the city or state as far as we know. We have seven members as Gideons in the Connection Point Church. We're in Gideons in 195 countries throughout the world. We print the word in 18 different languages and we're allowed to, uh, we was on Purdue campus 10 days ago and passed out 5,000 testaments. Uh, we're still able to get in the universities, but uh, we're not allowed to get in the in the schools anymore. We used to get in the, high, uh, the grade schools and pass out the Red Testaments. Some of you probably have received a Red Testament years ago. And we do have get-ins at the induction centers for all the armed forces. I received mine in Fort Custer, Michigan in 1951. and carried it all through the Korean War. I still have it today. We are uh, funded by uh, churches as such as Connection Point. 60% of our income comes from uh, the church people. And uh, we've gave out 89 million scriptures last year, someplace in the world. The Gideon goal is for 2020 to pass out 120 million scriptures per year. And with funds coming in from the churches, we were able to do that. 60% of our income is people from the church. The other 40% comes from the Gideons themselves, what we call a faith fund. When we meet for a business meeting every, every Thursday, we have a faith fund that we donate money into. Also, we have an income called a, a Gideon Ministry for Cards. We have these two racks out in the lobby, has an, in memory of, in honor of, thinking of you. You can send Bibles when someone passes, either one, two, three, five Bibles, and the card is all filled out inside. You put the person's name on there, and then the card mailed to us. They're $5 for each Bible. Also, you can go online now. We have cards online. You can pull up Gideon cards for in memory of and thinking of you or recognition. We even have birthday cards. You can pull it up on the internet, pick out the card, pay for it online, and they will even mail a card for you. So to do that, this modern day is is awesome. So that's how we get our, get our funds to do this. Also, uh, we we hope to be able to place that many scriptures the coming year. Um, we have a, a pastor's banquet for the churches and the pastors that come, and we pay our own fund for that and the pastors. Brad Passion, one of the Gideons, he re- received a testament at Purdue University and it because he became a Christian because of it. And that was years ago, and here he is taking attendance in the church today as, as a servant. Um, Last last year, the church gave us uh, 2700 dollars. We meet here on Saturday mornings for scripture reading and prayer time, and the other get in probably from five different churches, and they're amazed at what Connection Point Church does for the get-in ministry. And we're so so thankful for you people to do that. We get our monthly magazine, and it has testimonies in it, and that's the greatest part. But we get word will not return void. The gentleman received one when he went into the service in Vietnam and uh, many years ago, and he was captured and put into a hut with bamboo bars on it. So they took most of his clothes, everything but his sock, but his testimony was hidden in his socks. They gave him some sandals and had leather straps on them. So he took the leather straps and sawed through the bamboo bars and escaped him and his partner. The guard was really cruel to him and he forgot and left his testament laying on the windowsill as they left. After the war, this guard, for some reason, he found the testament after he was gone, kept that testament, and after the war, this guard ended up in, in uh, Cambodia and into a Christian camp, became studying in that, became a Christian. Today, he has a church in Miami, Florida. In years past, you sign this testament when you get it. He looked that gentleman up, and invited him to church and returned his testament to him that's how powerful god's word is around the world as we go forth we have people in 195 countries and only 35 of them are self-supporting but Gideons can't have the freedom that we do to walk here on saturday morning to pray they have to run around in cars and hide lots of times so pray for the them as the Gideons go forth we've been doing it for 113 years it's all volunteer you don't know of any organization that's a volunteer for 113 years. When we're gonna take a collection this morning, if you're not prepared to give anything today with this little uh, booklet, pamphlet with the insert, it tells you our address, you can donate anytime. We will take your money anytime. Thank you for what you're gonna to give today. Make your checks out to Connection Point Church. And if you need an envelope, put your money in there and put your name on it and you'll get credit on your a church um, letter when you get it for tax purposes. Thank you for your time, and thank you for your offering, and God bless you. Thank you.
0: Amen. Thanks, Porter. I love his heart for the Gideons, and I love how many people we've got serving within that ministry in the church. Uh, so we're going to take up an offering for the Gideon ministry. So floor hosts, if you could come and, and feel free to begin to prepare your gifts. And in case you didn't catch it, Porter said the Gideons will always take your money. <laughs> I love that. Um, but if in your offering envelopes, if you just simply uh, mark it as Gideons, there's places that you can write that in. Uh, everything that's given here will go straight to the Gideon ministry. And so we're just thankful for their willingness to serve and to disseminate God's word. 89 million Bibles went out last year. Isn't that amazing? With a goal of 120 million, yeah. Praise the Lord. Thank you for what what the Gideons are doing around the world. Let me pray. Oh Lord, we just thank you for the way that your word goes out and the way it changes hearts and minds. What a testimony for this this, uh, Vietnamese pastor and the way that you used your word to impact his life and to start a church in Miami. Holy Spirit, we just pray that you would bless uh, this offering to the ends of the earth, that we would see your word go forth from here as a city on the hill. And Jesus, we just pray that as we continue to worship in song, that your name be glorified in this place and glorified in every gift that is given. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. As that offering bucket passes you by, I just invite you to stand and worship with us in song as we close this morning.